Welcome to the Modern Institute podcast, where Alex and myself offer commentary on theological and cultural issues, both past and present. Today, we're going to be talking about death and mortality, how do we face it, um, personal near-death experiences, thoughts surrounding the matter, as Christians, how do we live with, um, with an eternal hope and joy. But first, we wanted to talk about um, some near-death experiences we ourselves have personally faced. Mm-hmm. Alex? I think probably the most recent one both of us faced would be the tornado that came through Putnam County. Like two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. And I don't think, like I personally did not understand the gravity of it until footage started streaming in of the destruction Yeah. Um, out on the other side of town. But Bree and I's apartment is about three miles from where the tornado was literally wrecking houses. Yeah. And same thing for your apartment too. And so... I think that's probably the most recent near-death experience. It was kind of like surreal because I didn't realize that yeah, it was it like near-death. feel like a near-death experience. Right, but realistically it was because yeah. that could have just as I mean, just easily been our apartment complex that was destroyed. I don't know if this is true, but I heard somebody say that the tornado was like it landed west of the town mm-hmm. and it was originally heading east and it was going to go right through Tex campus. And I live like 10 seconds from Tex yeah. campus. Yeah. Um, and then it like hit a, a hill or a mountain or something and it was redirected. Yeah. So I think that's the most recent one, but the most like memorable one. Yeah. For do you me, have like a person? I have like a personal one. So when I was in Haiti on a mission trip, um, I was like 14 or 15. I was pretty young up with my grandparents and we were trying to set up, I was trying to set up some sort of system by which we could track the kids who were coming to the school. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I didn't really understand what was going on, but this guy, like, ran in and was, like, waving around, like, a Bowie knife, you know, like, those massive yes, knives yes. and, like, threatening us. And, like, we all grouped together. And then he had brought, like, a posse of people trying to, like, knock down the building we were in because it was just, like, this hut deal. And, you know, was that really near death? I don't know. But, like, our, our the guy we partner, or partnered with down there, like, wrestled the guy who came up with the Bowie knife, like, outside. And we heard like this big, I don't know what he, like they were, you could hear they were like fighting. They were fighting. They They were were fighting fighting noises. And yeah, fighting noises. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the guy who was waving around the Bowie knife came in and had blood coming down his face. Okay. So he lost. He lost. Yeah. Um, And then the guy who came with was just like, all right, let's go. And he, he was like, get to the van. And so we all like ran to the van and hopped in and that was it. So it was a, was that near death? Like. Uh, it felt pretty near death yeah. to me in the moment because I was like, ah, like this 15. Guy, yeah, this guy's waving around a knife, so I don't know what's about to happen. You're but. in a foreign country and he's yelling and... Words I don't understand. Right, so it's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah. I've had a few near-death experiences. Um, I think the earliest I remember was I was eight and I had really bad pneumonia. And they had to take me to... My parents had to take me to a hospital. And the reason I remember this is because I hated shots as a child. And so what they did was the nurses had to hold me down on the table. Two held my arms down and two held my legs down. And then they jammed two large shots, one into each of my thighs. Sorry, so I think that that's I, funny. So <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't have the pneumonia. And um, there was that one. I've been in like six car accidents in my life. Um, myself driving and other people driving. You remember you were in the van in high school when we were going to, was it Glory Days? And um, we had oh, to swerve off the yeah, road. Mission Lab. Mission Lab. Mission Lab. That was it. That's down to we New doing. Orleans. Yeah. Down to New Orleans. Yeah. And the we were in a van and it was hauling a trailer. Yeah. And um, the trailer started to swerve as well. 
Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't disconnected, I think it would have flipped the van. Yeah. Um, I was in the bus in front. You were and in the like, bus. There was like a okay. traffic jam that like a bunch of people slammed on their brakes. Yeah. So the bus slammed on the brakes and then the van had to slam on the brakes, but then the trailer started like fishtailing yeah. and it was bad. It was, it was not good. Um, so there's that. And then I think the most personal death experience I've ever had was not quite six months ago. Um, which of course you know this back in October I flipped a side-by-side um, which for those of you who don't know a side-by-side think like an ATV but two people can ride and um, it's got two wheels in front two wheels in the back kind of a small bed and then a roll cage but I took a turn too fast and Noah and I were both in it um, I was just trying to like drift in some mud or something and um, it started to tip and Noah jumped out, and as it's tipping, it ejected me out. I land on the ground, it flips in the air, and lands on my legs and breaks both of my femurs. Um, so that itself nearly killed me. And then after that, while I was in the hospital, um, I had blood clots in my lungs, which if one of those breaks free, they can go to your brain um, and give you an, a stroke or to your heart and a heart attack. And so they, then they gave me a blood thinner so I wouldn't have the blood clots in my lungs anymore, but I had an allergic reaction to that, and blood started pooling in the bottom of my lungs. So like six months ago. Yeah. That was, so that, that was, was not fun. That, that was, was not fun. That was really scary. Yeah. Probably I, more so for you than for me. It was very scary. But that was a scary time. Yes. I remember that. It was a rough, it was a rough few weeks. Mm-hmm. So that, those are some of my personal experiences with death. Mm-hmm. So interesting times right now. It is. It is. It's because, a, I mean, death is like on the forefront of our mind, obviously, because yes. of the tornado. But also... We thought the tornado was the end of it. Right. And then as soon as things kind of started, like the rebuilding started to happen, the cleanup was like approaching the end, COVID-19 hit. Yes. And so now we're all like... Losing our minds over, yeah, over this. Buying all the toilet paper in the world. Yeah, which I don't understand. Why are we buying toilet paper? Bria actually told me why people are doing that today um she said that there was a guy who contracted the virus yes and ran out of toilet paper but wasn't allowed to leave and so when people heard oh, that they like, were like freaking out. i need toilet but here's paper. what i told her like why didn't he call one of his friends one of his family members or literally anyone and like hey can i get some toilet paper? and just have them drop it at his front door right and then he could go out and get it that would be fine i just don't want like because alex it's easier to panic than to think. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and in some instances, you got to hear me out. Okay, social theory. You got to hear me out. I think, because I can, I can feel this in myself a little bit. It's kind of exciting. The virus? Yeah. What? Yeah, because it's, it's weird and we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And it's an international pandemic. And like, it's exciting in the, not that like I'm happy about the virus, but exciting in the sense of like, we're living in historic times. We don't know what's going on. Exciting. You are right. This is unprecedented for yeah. our like yeah. obviously not unprecedented in, in human in the history, world. but like for our generation. Yeah, I've never seen this before. Yeah, this is a first. And like, even like our church, mm-hmm. like we can't really we can't meet on Sunday. Yeah. So like, yeah. Well, what do we we're do? We're having to like figure. I mean, this is one of those times I'm really thankful for the internet because yes. like we're at least able to still send stuff to our people. Whereas like a few hundred years ago, that would have not even been an option. So it's not a Obviously not a substitute, but at least we still have some contact yeah, with, people, with people. So it's a plus, but it's crazy. It crazy is. Crazy times. So um, I guess kind of moving on then from near-death experiences, um, death in our society has changed over the last probably 
in 50 or 100 years. How so? Well, um, you think about like a couple hundred years ago, honestly, more people were like, I know everyone today dies. That is true. That has not changed. That has not changed. changed. That will not change until Christ returns. (laughs) But like 200 years ago, people of all ages were always dying. And death was much more on the forefront of everyone's minds. Whereas Mm -hmm. right now, and I'm thankful for this in general, death is, it's, you're a lot more likely to live longer and have a healthier life than and you die would have, a more peaceful death. and die a more peaceful death than you would have a couple hundred years ago. Agreed. And so I am thankful for that. But like now, if you die, most deaths will happen in a host, in a clean hospital room after everything has been tried, and then you can kind of usually can go peacefully. Yeah. And that's a good thing. All in all, that's a, I'm very thankful for that. But a consequence of that is we don't really see death. Like we like people used to. Okay. And so I think what it, a consequence has been that we don't know how to respond to death when it happens. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, death has always been a tragic thing, mm-hmm. and it's always really hard on people. But for I think for our generation in particular, death has kind of been swept to the side, and we see ourselves as somewhat invisible, mm-hmm. or not invisible, invincible, because of modern medicine. And so when something tragic happens and people do die, it's shocking. Yeah, we just don't know what to do with it. And so I think, you know, there's there's a need in the church for us to discuss death and matters of eternity and how do we respond as people to what death is. Okay. So how would you how do you think people face death apart from uh, a Christian belief in in Christ and in the resurrection? I don't know how they do, honestly. Because apart from Christ and the resurrection, I just don't think we have any hope. Okay. Um, but obviously, like most people are not believers, right? So right. they, I mean, they have to have some way to do it. So what do you think they do? I would say probably they would just say like, hopefully, like time will heal like the sadness that you have. Okay. And they face death is just like this thing is going to happen. You can't really control it, and whatever happens happens. And then afterwards, like you just kind of like I've heard I listened to a podcast recently where they were like, we just think after you die, it's just kind of like. You're just asleep. Like, you just, that's it. Was that the Rhett and Link? That was the Rhett and Link podcast, okay. which we should talk about that at some we will, point. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, I think that's, pro- I mean, from what I've, like, talked to people, that's just kind of how they view it. Death just is, nothing happens. Yeah, nothing happens. And so because of that, you might as well enjoy your life now here on Earth. Okay. So, like, you see what I mean? I see, yeah, Live, I see what you're like, saying. Like, eat, drink, and be eat, merry. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Right. Yeah. I think you can you can do that. You can be like, well, it is what it is. Um, you can try and... And oh, sorry. You are making so much noise. <laughs> I know this chair is like, what the heck? <laughs> um, I think you can do that. You can try and numb yourself to it. Like I think that's what a lot of entertainment is, hmm. is no one is at peace with themselves, and no one is at peace with the thought of dying. So instead of thinking about that, I'm going to go watch this movie mm-hmm. or I'm going to go, you know, be on Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. Um, because that's that's what entertainment does is it projects us out of this world and into into a virtual world that doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So th- there's that. I think you could also go the, like the nihilistic approach, which is um, I don't know how anybody lives with that mindset and doesn't like end up being majorly depressed. Which is we're all going to die. Nothing happens after that. And so instead of concluding eat, drink, and be merry, they go the opposite way and like this life doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And so there's no value, there's no no good, no wrong, nothing. There's nothing worth living for because in the end it doesn't matter. Right. 
Right. So those are, those are the alternatives mm-hmm. to believing in the resurrection from the dead. Yeah. And so ultimately, like the point of this podcast is we think it's important to think on death. Yeah. So what are, like, I mean, it's, it's such a morbid thing <laughs> and so foreign in our society. But, I mean, like, what are the benefits of it? For us as Christians, what are the benefits to thinking on death in matters of eternity? I think there's a lot. Um, and we'll go back and forth here, but... For me, one of the main benefits is it's a strong incentive to use my time wisely mm-hmm. because, and we made it, we might have talked about this on the usage of time episode, but we, I only have so much time yeah, and it is going through my fingers at a constant rate and I can't slow it down. Mm-hmm. And one day it is going to stop. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make the most of my life while I have it, knowing I will give an accounting to God for what I say. And how I spend my time. That's what a lot of the parables are about in the Gospels. Um, Christ speaking about, you know, you you have these many talents or this many minas or this many whatever. It's like, I have given you certain things and you have to steward them. Yeah. And because we're his slaves. And slaves don't have their, their own, they don't get to decide how they spend their time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously that's not like, we don't have any amount of leeway, but... I want to use my time for his glory. Yeah. And I think thinking on eternity and dying helps me do that. There's a Justin Timberlake movie that I saw one time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I can't remember the name of it. And I can't remember if it's family friendly. And so if you go search it out, like just be warned. Use your use discernment. Your, use your discernment. But um, in this movie, they've all got like this timestamp on their arm. About when they're going to die? About, it's like, yeah, how long they have until they die. Oh, that's And wild. they purchase certain things with time. And so like if you want to go buy groceries, you lose some of your time. But or, that's true, though. Or when you work, you gain time. So it's like kind of like their currency okay. is time. And the whole idea is... It's constantly ticking down. Yeah. And no matter what you do, even if you try to add time to it, it's still eventually going to go down. So, yeah, time is very valuable. And I think that movie, I think what you said in the usage of time episode was that time is our only resource. Only resource. And that's Mm kind of what that movie is promoting. So, thinking on death and eternity would definitely help with that. I think for me, thinking on death and eternity puts trials and sufferings into perspective. Okay. Kind of like the book of Revelation. Like the book of Revelation, the point of it is not to give us a play by play action thing of how the world's going to end and be remade. What the whole purpose of it really is, is to provide hope for those in trials and sufferings, that their trials and sufferings will not go on forever, and then ultimately give us an urgency for evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so thinking on matters of death and eternity helped me with that because I understand even during the trials of this life, they're temporary. Yeah. And one day they will end, and like Paul says in Romans 8, like the trials and sufferings we go through in this life, won't even be, we won't even be able to compare them to the glory that we're going right. to experience in heaven. And so doing those kinds of things, like, you know, I have a great life right now with minimal suffering. Yeah. But I don't know what the rest of the day holds. Right. Something tragic could happen in the next half hour that completely derails my life. But because I've thought, you know, this life is temporary, it's going to give me peace Mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, even if everything is stripped away from me, I still have the hope that Christ has given me. Right. um, Which is ultimately that we'll be resurrected and spend eternity uh, with Him, so... Let's talk about the resurrection for a minute. Okay. We have been harping on that. Yeah. Um, have you... I'm going to start with, a, with a, a weird question. But have you ever doubted the resurrection from the dead? 
No. I okay. would say I didn't really know what it was okay. for a long time. Okay. What What do you, when you use that term, what does it mean to you? Um, the resurrecting of believers on the final day to be made new um, and it's been eternity with Christ. Okay. Like a First Corinthians 15. That's what I think. Mindset. That's what I think it means too. Yeah. Um, please silence your cell phone, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm making noise, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just I'm the worst. You know, host. I'm I'm an attentive, like personable host, and you're over here like breaking your chair and checking your phone. I gave you the good chair. <laughs> you did give me the good chair. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I would define the resurrection. And you know, there's uh, to me that gives me hope. Yeah, it gives me hope that just like I said, that no matter what happens, ultimately that's a reality that will that has been promised to us because Christ was res- resurrected. First Corinthians fifteen says, like we as believers will be resurrected one day. Yeah, and that's a that's a huge encouragement to me. Yeah. Okay, I asked the question because I'm not a stranger to doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, for I don't I don't know why, but like I think it's good for us to think about our faith mm-hmm. and be like, okay, why do I believe this? Do I believe this because I actually believe it's true? Or do I believe it because it's what's comfortable and what I'm familiar with and it's a safe thing to believe? It's what my parents believe. It's what my neighbors believe. There's a church on every corner. Like, why do I believe in the resurrection from the dead? Hmm. Why do you believe and, in that? Uh, f- primarily because the Bible tells me. Um, and I, th- I think that's the first place. And then also... I remember the first time I read 1 Corinthians 15, and I'd kind of been wondering, like, okay, I know the, resurrect, the resurrection's important because we always talk about, like, Christ crucified and raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And I understood that the point of his crucifixion was, you know, to, to purchase an atonement for mm-hmm. sinners, like, so that we can have forgiveness of sins, so that we can be reconciled to God, so that we can know him and enjoy him. Got it. But what's the importance of the resurrection? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that's not talked about a whole lot. Right. And I think I think there's several ways we can go with this, but one of them is, and Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15. Let me read it real briefly, actually. He says, If there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. Um, And he goes on to say, if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is worthless and you're still in your sins. And everybody who has died believing in Christ has perished. And I remember reading that and thinking, the point of the resurrection is to prove, it it is the definitive proof that Christ's sacrifice for sin actually worked Mm -hmm. and that he actually did purchase the forgiveness of sins and that all of the claims he did make about himself, um, that he is the Son of God, that he's come to seek and save that which was lost, all that. The resurrection is the crowning proof of that. Um, And, yeah, I think he says elsewhere, you know, like, Christ declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Like, that is what proves he is who he says he is. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if he had, because if, if he had, had stayed died, if he had stayed dead, yeah, yeah. he would have. I mean, he, how would he have been any different than one of us? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. I could make claims about myself and then die and not come back to life. Yeah, I've heard some apologists say um, 
that the resurrection of Christ is really the linchpin of our faith. And it without is. it, it, it is. falls apart. It is. Like there there are some things like the age of the earth and stuff like that we can disagree on, but the resurrection is not it is one of those things. Because without it, I mean, like Paul says, your faith is worthless. And we are most to be pitied. We are Why? Most to be pitied. Because we are denying ourselves all of these For things no in, the, gain. in the name of Christ. But if Christ is still dead, we might as well eat, drink, and be merry. If eat. Christ is not who he says he is. Right. But he is. And so we don't, we don't have to do that. And so I, I remember reading that, and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this is Paul, who was Pharisee of Pharisees um, and was persecuting the church. And he abandoned all of that. And became a Christian and has been beaten times without counts, stoned once, like many days without hunger and sleep, all of that, shipwrecked, all of that for Christ. And here he is saying that if Christ has not been resurrected, an event he did not see, then everything has, everything he's done has been in vain. Mm-hmm. And that really strengthened my faith. Yeah, Because I was like, dude, this guy is bought in. Like, we know the resurrected Lord has appeared to Paul, but he did not actually, like, initially see him. And so something happened to Paul to convince him to, to, to give up, like, his former life and to become a Christian. And it was, it was Christ resurrected. And so that, that, like, that really strengthened my faith. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's cool. And I think, like, as we, like, look at the benefits of thinking on death and eternity— what you just explained is how we think on death and eternity the correct way. Because if all you do is sit around and think about how you're going to die and death, and but you don't at the same time consider the resurrection mm-hmm. and the hope we have in Christ, you're going to, the result of thinking on death is going to be depression and just like apathy towards anything in life. And, yes. Or a wasting of time or, yeah, or living yeah. for yourself. Yeah. But if you're like, okay, death is a reality, but so is the resurrection of Christ. It's an encouraging thing. Dude, it's huge. It gives us hope for, like, no matter what happens, that we have hope in Christ, but also it prepares us to die. Like, it prepares us and gives us peace that, you know what, death is coming. We don't know how we're going to die, but we We know what's going to happen we next. We know what's going to happen next. And that's a that gives me hope. Um, I'd say, we were talking about before this, have I ever been afraid of death? Yeah. And the answer is, in a sense, no. I have not been afraid of death in that... I know what's going to happen afterwards. Okay. I know that I will be resurrected and that I'll spend eternity um, in the presence of God. And so in that sense, I've not been afraid of death because yeah. I know what's going to happen. In the other sense, I've always been afraid of dying, afraid of what's going to, like, how am I going to die? Yeah. The uncertainty of death and how that'll happen. Will it be in my sleep? Will I be in a car crash? Will it be some other sort of tragic accident? Will I be murdered? Like all you could, right. you could, uh, tons you of ways people on a can piece die. of food. Right. right. Uh, right. Like, I really hope I don't die that way. <laughs> like in the middle of a restaurant. Yeah. That'd be awful. But you get the idea. Like in that sense, it's like, man, when you, you sit and think about that, you're like, I am afraid of dying. Will I be mauled by bears? Yeah. I, well, I'm not going to call Don't Elisha a baldy. So. <laughs> um, but even in that, if you counteract that with the hope we have in Christ, those fears they will subside. Away. They fade away. Because like Paul said, like in Romans 8, we're going to suffer. Death is most likely not going to be a pleasant experience. But what comes afterwards completely overshadows the sufferings of this world. Check this out. There's another couple of verses in 15 that were really I thought were really, really good. In verse 25, For he must reign, that's Christ, until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. Hmm. 
And then much later in the chapter, he talks about this perishable man um, putting on the imperishable, how basic, how we're going to be given a resurrected body that's not going to fade away. Um, and then he says, when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. O death, where is your sting? Or, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is a law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that showed me in a way I hadn't considered really how Christ is a conqueror mm-hmm. and how he has conquered sin and the grave um, and has come to destroy the works of the devil. Um, and I, I just remember it, it's still like it, talking about it now, I can, t- I can feel it's powerful. Like Christ having conquered death, death who, who slays all men, death every man fears more than anything else. Like Christ conquers and he gives us the victory over it as well. So that, I mean, what, what hold does death have on a man who has died to sin and death and now lives to God? Nothing. Nothing. And there's that's, nothing. There's, that's, and that to me is like where all the encouragement comes from. It is. Because the people of this world, those who are against Christ, can do nothing to us. Yep. Because our salvation is secure in Christ. It was, he was sufficient for us. He was everything we needed for the sacrifice. He fights for us. Yes, and so we have nothing to fear because who can stand against God? If God right. is for us, who can be against us? And so, I mean, the, the only thing they can do is kill me, and even that doesn't matter because yeah. Christ gives us the victory. And then it's to live as Christ, to die as gain. Exactly. And so I think that's how it encourages us. Um, that's how thinking on death can be a beneficial thing. But one other element of this I think is important is when we think on the death of others, it gives me urgency to go share. Absolutely, because their talk, their their uh, their clock is ticking as well. Yeah, and their time is running out, and so we've been given a charge to go and share the gospel with everyone, to preach the gospel faithfully to all people, and um, God will save people. Yeah. He He uses us as a means by which to yeah. get the gospel out, and He'll do the work of saving people. But we don't have time to dilly dally. Yeah, we don't have time to mess around. It's this is a serious charge we've been given. I think we have to balance those two truths. Um, the balance the truth that untold numbers of people are dying every day, mm-hmm. who who will die in their sins, and we also have to balance the fact that 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 should give us, you said, an urgency um, to preach Christ. Yeah, and I agree. And then, because if that's the only truth we have, we will feel like it's up to us this is the only thing we can do mm-hmm. like it's it's up to us to make sure people are saved we also know that it is God who saves people right. and that he is going to save his church and then the call we've been given to make disciples becomes a blessing yes and it becomes what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation and that is a gift it is a gift that is a blessing and because the burden is not on us to convert people yes the burden is just on us to get to go and share what Christ has yeah. done in our life and that's not a burden. Correct. That's a joy. Um, which, you know, I think we, we know Christians who have put it on themselves to save people. Yeah. And you can't. the burden on them is so heavy. You can't. You can't do it. And, you know, I think for me it just it it takes the burden off and just makes it a joy to yeah. get to share with people that I have the good news of the gospel and I get to go tell people about it. A joy undergirded by an intense desire to to preach. That's a good way to put it. I can dig it. 
So I think kind of in closing, um, we just want to encourage, I think, our listeners to think on death and eternity mm-hmm. um, and to coincide that with the truth of the resurrection and the truth of the gospel. Um, and ultimately, that'll give us all hope that even if we all die from COVID-19. Right, which, <laughs> got to be honest, I've had mild colds before. I don't think this is going to be that bad. <laughs> we shall see. Everyone yeah. is losing their minds. And I'm like, it. the flu is so much worse. Why are we panicking? Yeah, we'll see. But no matter what happens, whether it's COVID-19 or... A know, literal tornado. A literal tornado. Whatever it is, we have hope in Christ. Yeah. And we can rest in that. Agreed. So, cool beans. Last thing I wanted to add is agree with everything you say and knowledge of the faith is a great remedy against doubt Hmm. Um, because ignorance and darkness and a lack of understanding is something that is not, it, it is not conducive to living a holy life or a comfortable life. And so the more we know about God and the more we know about his promises for us, and the more we understand what happens when we die and why the resurrection is important and all of that, it buttresses our faith. Yeah. So I would encourage you to seek out basically the knowledge of God. Yeah. We're going to do a podcast on faith at some point. Okay. I think that would be a good topic. Cool. But to kind of as a preview, God's given us a means by which our faith is strengthened and that's yes, his word. It and is. so with it this is. thoughts huge. of death and eternity, just as long, if you dig deeper in the word, you will find answers. Yep. So we'll cool. leave it there. All right. All right. Catch you later.